0: Welcome to Systems Meet Humanity, shining a spotlight on the intersection where business structures meet emotion. I'm your host, Marina Darlow. Let's dive in. My guest today is Catherine Pomerantz. She's the most enthusiastic, resourceful, and knowledgeable money mentor I've ever met. Catherine translates accounting and business jargon into happy English, and trains her client to lead things strategically and improve, aka love their relationship with money. She combines one-on-one coaching and worksheets with practical tax and bookkeeping services, and she's absolutely in love with her job. Hello, Catherine. Great to
1: have you here. Hi, it's great to be here.
0: The first question. I'm
1: glad it makes you so happy. I I always get excited whenever I do one of these. I absolutely love what I do. So I'm always just like, all right, let's do this. So I'm sorry. I did not mean to throw you off. I'm a horrible guest. (laughs) No, you're not.
0: No, no. (laughs) You are mentoring people about money. And in my experience, Mm -hmm. money is one of the biggest aspects of business. That absolutely requires systems this is where having a system is yeah. completely and absolutely non-negotiable no matter what like you can kind of swing it by not having a system for managing your time you might for a while do okay if you're really bad at managing people but you're enthusiastic but if you have no system for tracking your money flow you're screwed
1: yes that is Unfortunately, very true. (laughs) So I
0: wonder, you know, because money is a subject that absolutely needs a system. And on the other hand, it's also highly, highly emotionally charged. Like we freak out about money like we freak out about nothing else. What's your approach? Do you have certain systems that you prefer? And if so, how do they address the emotional approaches that people have towards money?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I actually do have a system. Um, I call it the bookkeeping artist system because it's it's my system. It's the system I use with my clients. And I'm bad at names, I guess. I just named it after my company. Like That's just what we do. And I found that when I started out as a freelancer, because way back in the day, I was a freelance performer, actually. So I was an actress and I was on stage a lot. And everybody around me was freelance artists. And there's that misconception or that stereotype, rather, that you know, you're the starving artist. But in my experience, everyone was making enough money, like they were making enough to live on. They just simply didn't know what to do with it. And they especially didn't know what to do with it as freelancers. They weren't thinking like business owners. They weren't, you know, planning ahead and thinking about branding Mm -hmm. themselves and all those things that businesses need. And then you get that starving artist mentality. But that is True in every single business, in every single industry, it doesn't matter if you're making six figures, seven figures, or you know, $10. If you don't know how to manage the money, then it kind of becomes really, really, really stressful and your life becomes really, really difficult. So I immediately set out with, okay, I am going like to change this. I'm going to help small businesses get better at managing money. So I set out and I became an accountant. And then I realized, oh, the reason this is still really stressful, even though I have all this now great expertise, I have all this knowledge, it was still really hard for people to talk to me because money is still emotionally charged. It's exactly what you just said. So now I sort of approach it in a new way. I combine my practical tax and bookkeeping systems and my services with like one-on-one coaching and worksheets and that whole like we do strategy sessions. So I make sure I give a lot of time to like teach and explain and work on mindset and work on the attitude of the business owners that I'm working with. Because if that's not there first, if your heart and your head is not really in the game, you can't move forward. And I'm a really practical person. So I need the numbers. I need those systems. I need that bookkeeping. I want to to dig into the financial statements. So that for me ended up being like the perfect combination because Yes, it's, it's great to talk about, you know, your heart and your, your, you know, we can talk about abundance mindset and all that stuff. And you can get that. But if you don't have the actual bookkeeping numbers, the actual money numbers behind you to kind of gauge your progress and to give you real tangible tracking, then the whole system falls apart. Could you drill down a
0: little bit and give a couple examples so the listeners could get exposed to your work and kind of get yes. experience what it is that you do?
1: Yes, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, once you take this idea, it then becomes the implementation, right? And so I've got a ton of software and a ton of apps that help me move money faster. And it really comes down to cash flow a lot with small businesses and with entrepreneurs. And the first step, there's kind of a lot of people come to me with different issues, right? There's so many things tied up in money. Um, And the first step, and one that I get a lot, especially working with creatives like I do, is organization. It's simply like, you know, getting your filing done and actually getting the bookkeeping taken care of. And that becomes its own thing that's so emotionally charged. Because if you've got stacks of paper around your house or if you're not a very organized person and, you know, you're dealing with like – I don't want to say it's like a, It's like an adjective, but – uh, people don't come to experts because they're embarrassed. Because they're so disorganized that it's embarrassing to look at. It's overwhelming, like you said. It's just it's just it's just just stack of nonsense and it's just a mess. It's literally a mess on their desk, or it's just a clutter of receipts, or they don't even have receipts and they know they should because you always hear that. And so it's just it becomes this huge emotional circle. And so the very first step is I try to be really honest in my own approach, be like, hey, my desk is also messy. Like yes, I'm I'm the systems person, but I, even I fall behind. So that first is like come at it with love. But then second, I've got a lot of really great cleanup apps that make it easier. And so I've got two that I love to use the most that kind of can adapt to if – because it's kind of two ways that people like they want to take care of it immediately and throw away the receipt and never keep it, or they're the stacker and they just keep it and they keep come back to it like, I don't know, like once a month or once a week and they kind of do it like in increments. And so those two different apps, the one is HubDoc, which is the sort of the everyday app of keeping things cleaned up where you can literally like set, like auto-forward things to HubDoc and it'll collect it for you. They take pictures of receipts on the go and store it for you. Um they'll you can they'll pull e bills and pull e statements for you and it's all saved in one place. And so that automatically becomes your organizer. You don't have to have it in paper anymore you don't have to have it in real life anymore and that's a good person who just doesn't want to think about it they just want to take it they just want to take it away and not think about it if you're a little bit more collected or you you just need to get worked up to it then i use shoeboxed and shoeboxed works very similarly to Hubdoc, except they'll deal with the actual paper you drop it in what they call the magic envelope they mail it off and then they enter it all for you and then they send you them back so you can file them and that's uh, both of those are great systems and great tools but it, it Kind of comes through a little bit of process of like talking with clients and identifying, okay, how do you stay organized? How do you naturally kind of clean or want to bookkeep or how often? And let's see if we can make these little changes to get over that first step. I'm working with one woman who this has been a huge issue with her. And we've been working together for a long time. And the setup has been a little slow simply because it is it is so stressful, this very first step of being organized. And if you can't stay organized to get those numbers you need, your whole business is going to flounder. So. Uh, that's step one, for sure, is clean-up issues. <laughs> I
0: see. Speaking of issues, you know, we run our businesses, and if we're good enough, we come across a certain challenge every once in a while. How Brené Brown says that if we're brave enough, long enough, we will fail. And I'm wondering if you can... Tell our listeners about a challenge that you've encountered when it came to systems and what it was and how you overcame it and what can you learn from it?
1: Oh yeah, sure. Um, so actually a big problem I had this last summer was I wanted to set up a client portal because cleanup is always a big issue and paper is always a big issue and you don't need things on paper anymore, especially since I have so many apps to get people online and to get stuff virtual. I then wanted a secure place to keep it because uh, I don't, Trust Google Docs uh, or, you know, Google Drive, rather. That's just not secure enough for me when you're dealing with financial stuff, Mm -hmm. uh, especially with business financial stuff. So I was working with a program called Smart Vault to get it set up and to build a client portal that my clients could log into. And then they'd have everything stored. It'd be bank-level encrypted. And Smart Vault's a great program. The issue didn't come with that. The issue came with getting my website to play nice so that clients could log in all the time. It was building a new system, which became its own challenge. and I. And, um, it really came down to vet who you're going to hire. I tried to do it myself and realized, oh, I don't want to take the time with this. This is a little bit like I could maybe get this, but this is all over my head. Like, let's get a web designer who came in and actually... Because I gave them access to my whole system where, you know, it goes in through little one app, it goes to the bookkeeping and accounting software, then it goes into Smart Vault. So I've got this whole system, right? So it's completely automated. It's hands off. Me and the client are constantly up to date all the time. But because Smart Vault was the last part of that system, it was linked up to all the others. And when this person came in to get it all hooked up, they – I still to this day, I'm not sure exactly what they did, but they kind of like cut it off. So it stopped happening. So he broke it. We got somebody else and because it was, you know, we were behind schedule and I was stressed. I was like, okay, let's just get somebody in here who didn't have the qualifications we needed. And I don't think I specified what the project was <laughs> well enough and had to get a third person in to fix it, who was great, did everything, per- everything is perfect. Everything is beautiful. I love the whole thing now. It is exactly as I dreamed it would be, but it took four months longer than I wanted and, you know, three different freelancers worth of invoices to get it done. I think that's why a lot of people sometimes hate systems is because when the system breaks, it becomes its own headache, right? If you if, if your computer isn't doing what you want it to do, you forget all of the incredible things that your computer does to you all the time and all the incredible things the internet has opened up in your life. But when it goes bad, it seems to be like, all oh, these dumb computers, all this dumb software and i think
0: it's a question of control and in my experience people who resent systems or try to stay away from systems is because they a don't understand how this particular system works b they don't want to relinquish control to a black box that they don't understand and you know you don't understand it which is fine by the way i don't understand how my computer works the fact that i can code doesn't make me understand how the electrons do their magic to light up my screen but if you don't understand how the system works at least to a certain level and you don't trust it or you don't trust the person who is navigating the system for you therein lies the resentment and that could lead to avoidance and you end up with no system which is a bad thing yeah (laughs) So, so if i could kind of build on your insight. by all means learn enough to be dangerous yeah (laughs) and if you can't find someone who does uh and who you can trust and that's my next question to you so you had this experience of going through three different freelancers until you found the one that actually made it work what did you learn and how do you hire people now based on this
1: Um, I'm a lot more specific with my ask and I'm actually a little bit more trusting of what they approach me with. Cause I think my issue was more like, oh, well we need this, this and this, can they do that? And of course a lot of people, especially freelancers will be like, well, yes, of course I can do that. I listen a lot more now than I talk. I just say, okay, here's the project. I let them explain how they would do it. And I'm like, okay, that sounds right. Or that doesn't sound right. And you, you can usually kind of get a good feel for that. And I'm not afraid to pay what it's worth. I think that was the initial thing is to me, it seemed like it should be a simple project. But when I actually found somebody who would do it, it's like, well, yeah, it seems simple from the outside, but it's going to take all these other back steps. So it's going to cost X amount. And of course, by that point, I was just so frustrated. I was like, whatever you want to do, do it. But then that ended up being like, oh, right. And I think that you hit the nail on the head with the trust issue. That's something that working with money and working as an accountant, that trust issue is huge when I vet clients. It's like, are you going to trust my system and I'm, are you going to trust my money expertise and to help you with your cash flow? If that's not there, then I don't want to work with you. And I think that's true of systems across the board. I think that and
0: in the true sense of drilling down like I do because I'm a systems person and I like to break <laughs> down things into smaller pieces. I think the basis of trust and especially establishing trust in the beginning is good, clear communication, right? Yeah. Like well, you said, now I listen more than I talk. It's like, yes, exactly that. <laughs> Let's communicate. Let's listen to each other. Let's state very, very clearly what it is that we need.
1: Right. Well, especially when it comes to my own business, right? I'm in charge. So I like obviously know what I want. That's so not true. That's so not true. Like you, you know what you want, but you don't know what you need. That, that's its own. <laughs> Everybody's knows that.
0: It's interesting, you know, um, way back when I was just starting out my business, I took a class about setting up growing. It was called Past Directive Fully Booked. If you ever come across it, it's an amazing class. It's um, taught by my coach and uh, a very experienced online marketing person, Naomi Dunford, whom I love dearly. Hey, Naomi, you're going oh. to be one of the guests. Anyway, so in that course, at some point she taught how to... Navigated sales call which to me at that point was a panic-inducing experience and within that There were a few questions and there was a question. What do you want to achieve in terms of consulting? Versus what do you want to achieve in terms of the business? Right, so for instance in terms of the business. I want a big list right And in terms of consulting, I want you to help me to get to 5,000 people within the next year. These are two very different things. And basically, in terms of business also, it's not necessarily that you want a big list, that you want to make a certain number of sales and get to a certain figure, maybe. Or maybe you want to get featured on the biggest shows. These are two different things. And the distinction for me was, at the time, the regulations like, wow, that's true. These two are completely different, and you need to be clear on both. It's back to your point of what you want and what you need. They relate to each other, but you may want world fame, and for that, you may need a really well-oiled marketing machine.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So you mentioned a ton of different apps, and we will put the links to every single one of them in the show notes. Is there any particular system that you completely swear by?
1: Honestly, I'm going to go with QuickBooks Online. And a lot of people get their knickers in a twist about QuickBooks. And I think that as much as I love QuickBooks, this is sort of a failing in their own system in that they it was built for accountants by accountants. So there's a steep learning curve. But they get systems and they integrate so seamlessly with all these other apps that I love that anytime I need to add some app automation or add some new thing to it, QuickBooks already has it. They've partnered with so many other software teams that I am all like, okay, if you were a QuickBooks partner, I'm going to get in on this. and I'm going to check you out and we're going to make this work so that they are the center of my whole system. Everything that I work with goes through QuickBooks document collection, which you already talked about the automatic bill pay that I set up, which we haven't even talked about, but that goes through QuickBooks. The storage goes through QuickBooks, the actual, you know, recording and tracking and reporting of the money that is actually done by QuickBooks itself. So the nerdy business things that I really, really love, that's still my go-to. There's a lot of other software that does it as well. I just, I'd like their system. Awesome. It's
0: interesting because my approach to QuickBooks is probably diametrically opposite. <laughs> and we just um, released an episode a while ago from my other podcast that are in business, where we talk about business finances. Yeah. And I remember myself saying that QuickBooks was built to sail the ocean. It's like a huge yes sheet. Yeah. Like if you want to cross a pond, you're better off using a motorboat. QuickBooks is big. It's hugely capable. And in my experience, contrary to what you say, it's really clunky. Never mind the steep learning curve. So it's great if you're an accountant and you have your background and theory and the very deep and detailed understanding how accounting works so QuickBooks can be applied to every piece of your accountant knowledge. But if you're a small business owner and you don't have your own accountant, which you should, and then you should go and find Catherine,
1: (laughs) right? (laughs) Aw.
0: Seriously. (laughs) If you prefer somebody else to do it for you, by all means, hire somebody like Catherine here. But for small businesses, solopreneurs, or people who do their bookkeeping in-house, I find that unless you are a big, multiple people, multiple income streams business, you might be better off with something simple. So for instance, if you are a gardener and you sell medicinal cannabis, like the client that I used to have, you don't need QuickBooks.
1: You actually, you hit the nail on the head there. I love QuickBooks. But I also don't want my clients to touch QuickBooks because it is this big ship and it's this big, perfect machine that can do a lot, but I know a lot about it. If you're DIY, if you're doing it yourself or trusting it to like a VA who doesn't have the same background that I'm coming from, FreshBooks is the way to go. It's one of my favorites. But that's why I combine the practical services I do with teaching. Eventually, all of my clients can get in and see all the same things I can do and they could take over the system. But you know... Unfortunately, as an accountant, we work together a long time. Like, ideally, we'll be together years. I can be the person who says, I knew you back when, but you hit the nail on the head. It's like, this is a system that I love, 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 and love to teach people about. But when I say steep learning curve, I, I do mean it. And I don't mean to deter people with that because running a business can kind of come with a learning curve. But I love it. I love when you get to that knowledge point and you can make it work for you. Like, this is, this is the ooey gooey stuff. Like, this is where it's at.
0: Oh I think people should hire you to deal with their QuickBooks. I really believe that because when I started learning the software and let's make a disclaimer here I am not enamored with accounting.
1: (laughs) Nobody is except me.
0: (laughs) Well this is why people need you right because we can now be both happy we will do the accounting and we will do everything else. When I started learning QuickBooks it was not intuitive, and when we were talking, I was thinking, ooh, it's kind of similar to how I felt towards MS Project. Now, I come from a large corporation project management background, mm-hmm. and I would swear by Microsoft Project at the time, because it could do anything and everything. It would be your project management piece. It would do your budgets for you. It would be like a huge server to store all the information, whatever. And you don't really need it if you are a small business selling, say, marketing consultancy or Facebook yeah. ad training or yoga videos or whatever. Yeah. So you can use something else. Like I often recommend smart sheets, and sometimes there is Instagrams and stuff like that. It depends on, of course, but I gave it another thought. I'm like, but you know what? Emma's project was easy to learn. Maybe it's because of my natural affinity to managing tasks and breaking them down and doing dependencies and sequences. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's that, but the point that I want to bring up here, when you, the business owner, try to learn an app, A, it has to be reasonably intuitive. There will be learning curve. Yes, you will allow yourself a week or two to kind of get used to the new right. interface, but it has to feel comfortable and intuitive, and like you're not banging your head against the wall.
1: Yeah, and I think that uh, QuickBooks, when I say it was built for accountants by accountants, having an accounting, like that knowledge of accounting principles makes it more intuitive but I love money flow. I love the way that mm-hmm. it works together. I love doing the balance sheet. I love seeing the numbers. So that is to me getting it all evened out. Like I love at the end of the day when everything is neat and organized, I can check it off and be like, oh, look, look at all these things it's telling us. Um, yeah. People so I- listen
0: to this, listen and run to give Catherine a call.
1: <laughs> How many
0: people do you know who would speak about bookkeeping with this kind of love and enthusiasm?
1: <laughs> brilliant. But see, here's the thing. is like – because as a solopreneur, right, like you you, you want to do it yourself so you don't need quite such a big system. But I love this system so much, and I really want to bring it to the small business owner. I will set it up and do it for you. You don't even pay for the apps. If you pay me, I give it to you. I love this so much I'm giving it away. Like you invest in me, I'm investing right back in you. I, I, so, yeah. That, But that's the thing is like – because we've been talking about like, yeah, if you're a certain size, if you're not a big corporation, you don't necessarily need all these things. But I – I kind of, I guess I will respectfully disagree. I think that if you can build these and handle these bigger systems and bring in the right, you know, the right contractor, the right team member to to take it over the right expert to kind of run it, I think that it can pay off in dividends. And I always say that, yeah, you're a solopreneur, but don't you want to build a business that will get bigger and support your community and support your friends and last a few years? Like, let's start thinking like a CEO. I want you to be the CEO. Now, you don't have to have eventually run a big public corporation and get investors. You can always be a private, smaller company, but you can still get bigger and bigger. And even if you're running it in a way that you that supports your personal dream, I want you to love that, and I want you to have enough growth that it can support that dream. So, so.
0: That brings me to the next question. At what point, for a small business owner, like in what point in the business development trajectory would you recommend to start using something big like QuickBooks?
1: Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I think, and this is going to, I don't know if this answer is a cop-out, at the point you become ambitious. And I would define ambitious with you're ready to start not just doing it yourself you're ready to start maybe bringing in team members or maybe really aggressively going after uh, a new product I, i would say that you have to already be in business right you have to already know who you're serving you have to already know your ideal audience you have to already know kind of how to make sales you're already generating some revenue you've kind of got the first steps up and running you've got the first legs under you once you've got that kind of going, and whether and for different people, that's a different point. Some people are like, you know, they hit ten thousand dollars and they're like perfect, I got this. They hit five hundred dollars, they got this. Some people they wait till they're at six figures before they're like, okay, I've really kind of got this handle on this now. Now I've reached this mile marker. At the point which you become ambitious and you're like, okay, time to get teams, time to make this into something I can really do full time, like this is this is it, this is for me. That's when I would say that at least. As terms of working for me, that is my sweet spot. that is, oh my gosh, yes, let's sit down, let's build the system to support your your unique goal I, I If you come to me and you don't have a very specific business goal, like you even said with the sales call i don't I won't know how to help you as much because right. bookkeeping and accounting, every single business, every single household needs it, and so it's a question of well, what numbers am I giving you then because you can make numbers say. Whatever you want, right? <laughs> I mean, right. And if you're
0: just running like your average household, you'll be probably okay with Excel or Mint or YNet yeah. or one of those apps that are good for personal finance. Yeah. But when you start getting into more complex things in your business, I guess then when you recommend that people start using tools that can handle the complexity.
1: Yeah, yeah. When you're starting to really be like, okay, I want this to be a business, like a real business. That's when we got to start looking at. Okay, let's look at cash flow analysis. Let's make sure that you can always, you know, make payroll while you're bringing stuff in. Are you collecting money at the same time? That's when you start looking down. Okay, what does a profit and loss tell you? What is profit? How do you invest it back into yourself? do I need to go after actual investors? Do I need a business loan? Can I issue, you know, is it time to become a corporation? All those sorts of, you know, big jargony, scary words. Uh, that's when you need the stuff that that can provide those answers. Um, and I almost hate sometimes to use those words because you can simplify it and you can break it down into something much simpler. But at the end of the day, if you're looking at like, okay, I'm really like, I want this to be, you know, I want to sell a million of my, plushies off of Etsy, and I love them, and I want everyone to have them, or, you know, I'm an interior designer now, and I want to serve all of New York, or you've got a big goal, it's time to get the the big guns, the big guns, the big apps, the big systems to support that goal and to give you the knowledge you need to get there faster, and that's why I love bookkeeping at the end of the day is... If you have accurate numbers and accurate reporting and we can work on your money relationships, you understand how money works and how the flow works, we can put that all together to make your company do whatever you want. Like that's the great part of being an entrepreneur, right? You you control all your outcomes and everything that you go for. So yeah, that Thanks. I mean that's yeah. <laughs> I mean, so
0: how can our listeners find you after all this amazing information that you provide?
1: Yeah, um, I am on my website bookkeepingartist.com and I have a special intro rate where if you want to get in and start talking, you can sign up for a whole strategy session with me for $97. So go ahead and jump in on that and we're just about ready tentatively to launch our first e-course that kind of will break down some of this stuff for you and it's free because I love what I do. So I just want you to have this knowledge and when you're ready... Then you can come back and talk more.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Can people sign up for the e-course on your website?
1: Yes. Yes. All right. So, Catherine, thanks for being here.
0: Thanks for the bubbles.
1: Oh, always.
0: (laughs) And to you guys, keep listening. By all means, tell us what you think. Leave us a review. Reach out to me. Reach out to Catherine or to any other guest on the podcast. And have a good one till next episode. Bye. Thanks for listening to Systems Meet Humanity. There are show notes and goodies at systemsmeethumanity.com. We'd love your support. Subscribe. Leave us a review. Share. Tell the world. I'm Maria Garlock, and I'll talk to you next week.